Uh, good morning, everyone. It's uh, great to be here and uh, continue our study in the gospel according to Mark. We've got six verses to cover this morning, and this section is going to be a rather different uh, story compared to what we've seen thus far. But before we get into our study in Mark itself, we want to cover our foundation as we do with every service. So Hebrews chapter 2 at verse 9, But we seek him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. So my goal with this is to help you see Jesus. From beginning to end, you will see Jesus and all of his works and how that applies to us today and trying to live like him and following his example. And then we also want to look at John chapter 21 at verse 25. Mark is the shortest of the four Gospels, only covering 16 chapters, and I think John 21, 25 beautifully states this. Now there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. So we cannot unknow and understand every detail about Jesus' life because not every detail is recorded for us. And if every detail were to be recorded for us, the world itself could not contain the books that would have to be written because of how detailed it is. And now we get to our study in Mark. Remember, chapter 1 presents this chapter of glory. We see Jesus being glorified as the Son of God, Mark 1.1, in the beginning, the gospel of Jesus Christ, of the Son of God. So we see chapter 1 presenting the glory of Jesus. And in today's section, verses 14 through 20, we're going to see Jesus glorified as we have thus far, but we're going to see Jesus glorified in a different way than what we've seen this far. Jesus is going to start moving towards what scholars have called the purpose statement for this gospel, which is Mark 10:45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So we're going to start seeing, seeing Jesus move toward uh, that idea. So we'll begin, as we always do, reading the text, and then we will break it down. Now after John was arrested... Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, cast, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with his hired servants and followed him. So we see two times that our key word for this book that we've established is also mentioned, the word immediately. And again, that speaks to how fast Mark is writing and telling this story because he's trying to hit the high points of what Jesus was doing and we see that here. Uh, 
and we see that word being applied in a different way, and we'll get to that. So we notice up to this point, John was out in the wilderness preaching, and he was preparing the way for the Lord, and he even baptized the Lord. And Mark doesn't tell this, but Mark, uh, John was put into prison, and the other gospel accounts do mention this. But we want to get, I want to get back to that in a little bit, because that contributes to a bigger story, uh, to a bigger picture of application that's in, within this text. So let's focus on what Jesus is doing for right now. Jesus came into Galilee, and this is right after his temptation and after the, the angels had ministered to him. So right after this, Jesus comes back into Galilee and he begins preaching. And he says, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe the gospel. And, I, and this, I believe, points us back to the very first verse in the book. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We talked about that word beginning, and the way God uses it is it's beginning a plan that would have an end goal. And so we talk about the word, the Greek word eschatos, the word meaning end, but it means an end as in a goal. And I think what Jesus is saying here, that the beginning is now, the time is now. God's plan is beginning to unfold at this very point. And follow up that statement, the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus is going to build the kingdom of God and establish his kingdom here on earth. And of course we know that that comes later, but this is at hand. It is coming soon. And then he says, repent and believe in the gospel. Translation, faith and obedience. And I say faith and obedience because that's all God has really ever asked of his people. That they would believe in him and obey him. And it's such a hard thing to do. It's such a hard thing to repent. And I think we hit it so very well in our Bible study this morning that repentance is a hard thing to do. Compared to all the pressure that is put on us by the world and by Satan, it is hard to repent, but it must happen to be a follower of Jesus. So, we've covered that section about Jesus and, and His preaching, and, and that summary of His message there. Uh, you know, the time is now, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel, the good news. So we've covered the part of Jesus preaching. That's summary message. Our, the rest of our section covers a big picture application that I think is so key in understanding how to be a Christian. And this big picture application, you may see it, is self-denial. Denying your own, uh, you know, your own lifestyle, your, your own way of living to follow after Jesus. We mentioned John being arrested. John is Jesus' cousin. Now, naturally, you would want to go help your cousin. You would want to go help your cousin and get out of this troubling situation. That would be the natural thing to do. 
And that's not sinful to do that. But notice how Jesus reacts to this. Instead of going and seeing about John, he begins preaching the gospel in Galilee. It's not that he's not concerned about John, but he knows, just as well as John does, that the gospel must be preached right here. And it begins right here in Galilee. So John was preaching, and he was persecuted for his preaching because he was arrested. And Jesus, as it were, picks up where he left off and started preaching this gospel. So this idea of persecution, it comes very early on in the story of Jesus. Jesus was about 30 years old. Uh, John, pretty close to that age. But So we see our first sign of persecution for the gospel. So we ask, well, how is Jesus glorified in this idea? From the spiritual standpoint, God is glorified. The gospel of God, the good news of God, His plan is unfolding. I would say that was being glorified. And Jesus is God in the flesh, Matthew 1.23, John 1.14, and other passages. But then we begin seeing two other examples. And these two other examples, I think, are very important. These men that Jesus have called, they're out in the water working. They're fishing. That's their living. Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately... They left their nets and followed him. Verse 18. Self-denial. But they said, well, wait, we're, just, we're pulling a big net of fish in right now. We can't leave. They didn't do that. It's almost as if they dropped their net and got out of the boat and started following Jesus. <coughs> and then Jesus walks down a little bit further with, his, with these two men. And he sees James and John and their father Zebedee. And they're helping their father mend one of the nets. Jesus said, follow me. And they said, well, wait, Jesus. We've got to fix these nets. They didn't say that. They said immediately they got out and left the hired servants there and they followed after Jesus. They gave up their normal way of living to follow Jesus. And that was their work. Self-denial is so important in following after Jesus. So we see some examples of faith and obedience. How would these four men have known anything about Jesus? One uh, possibility, and probably the most likely possibility, is they heard John preaching. John done a lot of preaching. And of course, John was preaching and preparing the way for Jesus. And so anyone with enough common sense and knowledge of the Scriptures would have known that Jesus is the person that John was talking about. And of course we talk about Jesus being glorified at his baptism and overcoming these temptations. That Those are two clear signs that Jesus is who John was talking about. So they probably knew about Jesus just from the preaching that was already going on. And they saw that this movement, this new way of living, was more important than their physical way of life because it had eternal implications. 
And so we ask the question, Jesus, being God in the flesh, why did He need these men to help spread the message? Well, of course, you know, you think, well, He's God in the flesh. He can do anything. He can miraculously spread His message all around the world. But again, common sense says that, you know, one man can't take on the whole world. Common sense says that. And so, you know, he needs these men to help him spread his message. And these men are going to spread his message even after his life on this earth are over, is over. So it's important that he calls these disciples. And it's important that these disciples immediately give up their possessions, their physical life, to follow him because that teaches them what it's going to take to be a follower of Jesus. So we know that all who follow Jesus must must give up everything because the cause of Christ is more important than any physical thing that you could ever imagine. I like to mention, you know, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 17 talking about, you know, the idea of pain and suffering is a, is a key idea. And and in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 17 it says for this light momentary affliction is building up for you an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison to the world. And that's exactly what's going on here. This idea of leaving everything about your physical life to follow Jesus is building up for them an eternal weight of glory. A glory that is beyond comparison to anything that this world could ever offer. And so these men immediately gave up their work for a life that they didn't know if they would have a roof over their head at night. They're walking many miles from city to city preaching the gospel. And some of these cities would throw them out immediately. Some of them would stone them. There was one instance when they were trying to push Jesus off a cliff just by trying to run him out with a mob. So there was a lot of people who just rejected them. And some people might think, well, is it really worth it? Why did they go to these cities if this stuff was going to happen? Was it really worth it? And from the standpoint of Jesus, yes, it was worth it. Because, again, this message has eternal implications it's literally a life or death matter from the spiritual standpoint. And so, I stand before you here this morning preaching this gospel, and I know that all of us in this room have struggled with this, and I know I continue to struggle with it. It's not always easy to say, hey, I'm going to deny myself today. I'm going to deny my sinful passions today. It's not always easy. We've all been in those sinful situations and we've all been there. We've all done that. And it's not always easy. But we know that we have to fight and we have to fight that good fight of faith because we understand that it is a life or death situation. And that's the idea of denying yourself. 
Now, this message, Jesus is preaching a message that's very different to Jewish tradition. The, the Jews believed that their Messiah would be a person that would free them from the Roman Empire because they are under the grip of the Roman Empire right now. So their Messiah is going to free them from the Roman Empire, reestablish their city, and reestablish them as God's chosen people. But Jesus' kingdom was not like that, and Jesus' Messiahship was not that. So a very different kind of message. And, of course, you know, the Jews didn't like it because Jesus was talking about the spiritual at this point. And, you know, the Jews were trying to get their physical stuff worked out. So they were not ready to give up everything. So I think there's a lot to learn here about self-denial and how immediately leaving everything to follow after Jesus. Now, you know, if I could have things my way, we often think about that. If I could have things my way, everybody in the world would be saved, regardless of what they believed, whether they believed in multiple gods or in one god. That's the man-made idea that anybody can be saved by doing anything. But Jesus said, you have to follow me in order to be saved. And following after Jesus means giving up everything. We often say salvation full and free, but salvation will at the same time cost you everything. We know that God's grace is a free gift. There are multiple passages that talk about that. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, uh, Romans 5, 1, so on and so forth. We know that there are many passages that talk about this free gift of grace. But we have to give up everything. And it's going to cost us everything to follow after Jesus. It's going to cost us leaving right then and right there. So here we have Jesus preaching faith and obedience. We see example, an example of persecution for this message with John. And we see four men give up their normal day of living, their normal way of living, to follow after Jesus. Now, the text doesn't tell us, but John wasn't thinking, you know, why isn't Jesus coming to get me out of prison? He wasn't thinking that. He knew what Jesus was doing. These four men, and later on when he calls the rest of his disciples, they don't always fully understand what Jesus is doing, but they understand enough to know that Jesus is the one that they need to be following. I'm reminded, reminded of a story in the Gospel of John when he says, well, you know, talking about the people that he had fed, he says, are you following me just so I will feed you your physical bread? And he, the, this large crowd left him. And he looks to his own disciples. And he says, well, you also go away. And one of the disciples steps up and says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. They didn't always understand it, but they knew enough. 
They knew that Jesus was the person that the Old Testament was talking about. They knew that Jesus was the only way that this was ever going to pan out. And they were willing to give up everything for it. And I think there's a lot of life lessons in that. So we close this morning asking you for simple faith and obedience to Christ. You've heard the Word of God. We've preached directly from the Word of God here this morning. You've heard the Word. I'd ask you to believe it. Believe Jesus. Believe Him for who He was like His disciples did. Understand that He is the only one that has the words of eternal life. So believe in Jesus and believe His message. And then, as Jesus said, repent, for the time is now. The Hebrew writer said, today is the day of salvation. So if you would repent of your sins and confess your faith in Christ, come in humble faith and obedience. And then put on Christ in baptism, Romans chapter 6, dying to sin and living to God through Christ, remaining faithful unto death so that you may see Jesus face to face and live in glory with God forever. We're about to sing this song, Trust and Obey. And that's the essence of what Jesus was saying, Trust and Obey. Won't you please come as together we stand and sing.